Welcome to A Wild New Work, Ecological Guidance for Your Career. This podcast is about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your career, and it's all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm your host, Megan Leatherman. Well, happy new moon today, folks. Thanks for being here with me. Um, There's a lot happening in the sky today. It's a new moon in Pisces. Mercury went retrograde in Pisces yesterday, and um, the planet Uranus is moving into Taurus um, today, and it will stay there for the next seven to eight years. So it's an auspicious occasion, and I'm happy to be here with you for it. Um, If you notice that I sound like shit, it's because I've had this horrible virus the last week and a half, two weeks, um, and was in no state to record this, you know, when I was sick, but I really wanted to, um, give it, uh, a space and offer it to you today. So, um, I'm feeling a lot better, but I might sound yucky and apologies in advance if there's coughing or sniffling along the way, but I hope it doesn't interfere with what I want to share today. Um, so we are, knee deep in Pisces season. This is the last sign of the Zodiac. It's the end of the Zodiac calendar. Um, we are in the last few weeks of official winter time. Um, and it's a period of like the final sort of letting go and really releasing whatever is meant to stay in this year so that we can start fresh in Aries season with the spring equinox on March 20th. Um, Pisces is the sign of um, the the ocean, the depths, um, the deep emotional work that we do, the subconscious work that we do, our dreams, the kind of the things that we can't put a label on all the time or put inside a container. Um, it's the boundlessness of our love and compassion for ourselves and other people and our planet. Um, it's a really beautiful energy and time of year. Um, and it can feel heavy and hard and, um, kind of unsettling for many of us. Um, So I want to share some thoughts about how to work with the energy of this time um, and how to work with suffering in our careers, which is something that I experience that many of my clients, all of my clients actually experience. It seems like a sort of universal um, phenomenon that happens throughout our careers, sometimes more than others. Um, You know, sometimes the suffering can be more acute depending on what's going on in our careers or in our lives. Um, But it's something that I think we all can relate to. Um, And, you know, one of the things that we really cling to, even in this period of kind of letting go and making room for new life, is our suffering. Um, And I want to talk about that and talk about why we suffer at work, what it looks like, um, and what we can do to let go of it and move beyond it. And this episode might trigger some defensiveness because we don't like to confront the ways that we choose to suffer. Um, And oftentimes it is a choice. It's much more comfortable for us to buy into the stories we tell about you know, how we're powerless or we're the victims of our lives. Um, and I'll talk about where that gets problematic. Um, and this concept of spiritual bypassing, um, in a few minutes, but if you notice some defensiveness come up in this episode, I encourage you to either hit pause or keep listening and just notice what thoughts 
pop up in your defense? What are the narratives that your brain puts up to say that this isn't about you or this isn't relevant to you? Um, and just notice how you feel and be curious about your reaction. Um, my intention for this episode is to really support you in releasing what's not meant to come into the new year with you, what's not meant to come into spring with you so that you can really step into a deeper level of alignment at work in the spring and in the summer. Um, it's the perfect time of year to just really dig deep and let go of what is not working. Um, you know, it's a new moon today. It's this time of year, like all signs point to letting go and hitting reset. Um, and I want to support you in doing that. Before I dive in, I want to share um, two quick messages and our opening invocation like I do each week or each time. Um, one quick announcement is that I have a class that will come out on March 19th, right before the spring equinox, which is on the 20th. Um, and this is going to be a class that's um, just on demand, so it won't be live. It'll be available to you anytime. And it's going to be focused on how to take aligned action in your career that doesn't lead to burnout or overwork. Um, you know, as we cross the threshold of the equinox and enter spring and then get into summer, um, it's the most kind of action-oriented time of year in nature, and I think in our own lives as well. Um, and it can be a really beautiful time of meaningful change and stepping up and really coming to life in our careers. Um, so the class will include a self-assessment, guided visualization, ritual, accountability activities, um, and a few other treats that I have in the works that I'm excited to share. So I think you'll find it to be a really helpful tool to help you make positive changes in your career that don't just expend your energy or don't feel like pushing and striving, which so many of us are used to doing. So if you want a heads up when that class becomes available, you can either sign up for my newsletter on my website, meganleatherman.com, or just wait to be reminded on the next episode of this podcast. The other quick thing I want to share is just a big thank you. So in the last episode, um, I shared that I've decided to step away from one-on-one -on -one career coaching uh, once my current cohort of clients wraps up. And um, that was a big kind of scary decision to make and then to share with the world. And I just want to thank all of you who reached out with encouragement, sweet words, compassion. Um, and those of you, you know, who may not have reached out, but held space for me in that process. Um, I just want to say thank you because I was sort of overwhelmed by the encouragement and the, um, positivity that surrounded me in making that announcement. So thank you so much for being here. Let's start with our opening invocation. So wherever you are, you can just take a deep breath. If you're stationary, you can settle into your body. If you're moving or driving, see if you can get even a little more present inside your body. May this episode and each of us that are listening to it be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Chinook people who are the original stewards of the land that I am on. You can take another deep breath with me. So I want to start by talking about the differences between suffering and pain. Um... 
recently the battery in my car died one morning when I was supposed to take my daughter to preschool and then meet someone for coffee. Um, and it was the third or fourth time this winter that this battery had died, but my husband and I had not gotten it fixed. We just hadn't had time or made time to get a new battery. So we just kept jumping it, um, and saying that we would fix it eventually. Um, so my car is dead. Everyone's ready to go. Like, we have a limited timeline, got to get to school, got to get to this coffee date. Um, and you know, the problem itself was very simple. My car wasn't starting and I hadn't planned on that, but it wasn't a huge crisis. It was frustrating, but the problem was pretty simple. I just needed my car to start or I needed to find a different way to get around that day. But rather than just focusing on the problem or the pain point at hand, my brain launched it into this huge crisis. And I, you know, bought into all of these thoughts that said that my husband and I were unfit parents because we hadn't addressed the battery issue. Like what kinds of people can't just get a new battery, um, that my entire life was falling apart. We had no money to get a new battery or a new car that I couldn't handle normal life. Like other people could, that I'm irresponsible, like on and on and on. And these thoughts caused me suffering. Um, you know, not only did they impede my ability to just address the problem and get the car started, but the thoughts, um, they made me paralyzed. I couldn't think clearly. Um, and even though we did eventually get it started and we now have resolved the issue, knock on wood, um, by the end, by the middle of that day, I had this horrible migraine and all this like neck and back pain from the stress that had just come from these thoughts I was having about it. Um, and this is a pretty benign example. You know, there are much larger examples of pain that come through our lives. You know, the pain of a chronic illness, the pain of strained relationships, the pain of loss, um, deep, like incredible pain that understandably leads to suffering. Um, and with this episode, you know, I'm walking a fine line here because I don't want to imply that the pain you feel in your life or in your grief is unreal or that you're bad if you're suffering or if you're, that you're not handling it right. Um, you know, it is always completely appropriate to feel how you're feeling for as long as you feel it. You know, part of where we cause ourselves suffering is by denying how we feel about something. So if you are in pain right now over being in a cycle of burnout, being exhausted, being depressed at work, um, if you're experiencing the loss of a loved one, and if you're experiencing what Megan Devine calls the howl at the center of grief, please give yourself permission to stay in that space if you need to. Um, and for those of us who aren't physically in crisis right now in this moment, whose bodies are pumping blood and keeping us alive and who generally enjoy the pleasures of shelter, eating, self-care, etc., I think it's helpful to differentiate between pain and suffering. There's this quote by Dan Millman, who's a writer, um, and he writes, pain is a relatively objective physical phenomenon. Suffering is our psychological resistance to what happens. Events may create physical pain, but they do not in themselves create suffering. Resistance creates suffering. Stress happens when your mind resists what is. The only problem in your life is your mind's resistance to life as it unfolds. 
So the pain I was experiencing with my car battery being dead was real, but my suffering came from my reaction to it and the story I told myself about why it happened and what it meant about me as a person and as a mom. And there's this really nasty phenomenon in the personal slash career development world called spiritual bypassing, which is when so-called spiritual people, many of whom are white and enjoy a lot of privilege, overlook or outright deny social injustices that have created systems of oppression for people of color and other marginalized communities. It shows up a lot in the realm of like manifest your dream life, um, mind over matter, um, you create your reality. And it says in a subtle sort of um, seemingly innocuous way, but actually very harmful way, it says that if your circumstances are shitty or if you're suffering, it's your own created reality. It's essentially um, your responsibility for being there. And this worldview says that we are each the authors of our own lives, essentially that we create our reality in a vacuum without outside influence, which just isn't true. We each have a huge, important role to play in our lives and our careers, but we are the co-authors of it. It's a mutual um, two to a entity process, right? Each of us was born into a world with layers and layers of history and cultural practices that we can't ignore or pretend don't exist. So if you are in pain because you're experiencing racial discrimination at work, or if you're in fear of your safety because you're transgendered, I am not here to say that you need to just get your head straight and let go of your suffering about that. Not at all. We each get to decide how we want to engage with the systems that we're in, how much we want to engage with um, the pain we're experiencing, and how much responsibility we are or aren't willing to take for our situation. Um, You know, generally, I think most of us have more power and agency than we are taught to believe that we have. Many of us are systemically disempowered, but we also can't ignore the realities of the society that we're in today and the systems of oppression that we're navigating in different ways, depending on who we are and how we move through the world. So with that said, I want to talk about where suffering shows up in our careers and why I think it happens. Um, Suffering looks different, you know, for everyone and depending on their, um, pain, like depending on what's objectively happening for their careers and depending on how they perceive that pain and relate to it. And I want to start by just giving a couple of examples of how I've seen pain turn into suffering in my own career and in the work of my clients. So let's say that someone's pain point is not feeling valued by their boss. Um, That could be objectively true that they are someone who's just not valued by their boss. Um, where the suffering come in, comes in is when they start to seek constant validation outside of themselves, when they start to feel resentful about not getting what they perceive they need from other people, um, buying into stories about how no one loves them, triggering childhood memories or a childhood sense of being bad or undeserving of love. That's where the suffering comes in, when the stories start to say that this is happening because I'm bad or that this is, um, I have to fix this by getting outside validation. Um, Another example of a pain point could be not being paid fairly. So let's just say objectively you are not being paid what you should be. 
where the suffering comes in could be believing that you're not capable of earning more, believing you'll never have financial stability, resenting others who seem to make more than you. And again, here we have to acknowledge real factual pay disparities between men and women, especially women of color. But you get to decide what to do with that pain. Um, you know, you don't have to buy into the belief that what you get is all you deserve or that what what you earn now is all you will ever earn in your life. Um, you get to decide how you want to manage the suffering around that. Someone who is feeling really lost in their career could be experiencing pain around that sense of directionlessness or lack of purpose. So it could be factually true that someone doesn't know what they're going to do next in their career. Where the suffering comes in could be believing that you're not good at anything, believing that you'll never have meaningful work, that your life has no purpose. Um, so I hope you're sort of getting what I'm um, trying to share here, which is that we create so much stress and discomfort and extra, extra pain for ourselves when we create this huge infrastructure of narrative around um, a seemingly simple pain point. And I know it may, it doesn't feel simple. Oftentimes it feels like this crazy world of um, discomfort and pain and loss and grief. And it doesn't feel easy or clear when we're in it, of course. But by starting to tease apart where the pain is and where we're creating our own suffering, we can create an opening then for freedom and for a, a choice to move in a different way. I'll give you two more examples. Um, let's say that someone is unemployed and they're having a really hard time finding a job. And that's what's painful. What's painful is that they haven't found a job and they expected to by now. Where the suffering comes in is by, uh, you know, catastrophizing. So believing that you're going to um, never find employment, that you'll lose your job, you'll lose your car, you'll lose your family, you'll be homeless, um, believing that you're just fundamentally unemployable, believing that you're bad and that no one wants you. Um, that's where the suffering around that can come in. A pain point that a lot of people experience right now is having too much on their plate of just simply having too much work than more than one person could accomplish in a day, um, which is could be objectively true. And where the suffering comes in is when they begin to believe that they have no other option than burnout, um, choosing not to ask for help, choosing not to say that it's too much, um, believing that they should be able to do more, believing that life isn't meant to be enjoyed. This is all that's available to them. It's a cycle of burnout and exhaustion. Um, so these are just a few examples off the top of my head. I could come up with dozens more if I really sat and thought about it. Um, and we all do this. We cause ourselves so much extra pain because of the stories that we tell about ourselves in these situations. And the stress that that causes, the stress that these stories cause, suppresses our immune systems. It makes us less resilient. It's an incredible drain on our energy. It keeps us stuck and it just creates what can become a toxic environment inside of our bodies, um, which isn't to say that we deserve sickness if we're experiencing illness, um, but we do have to take responsibility for the stories that we are buying into and what we're believing about where we are in life and our, our circumstances. So why do we put ourselves through this day in and day out? Why do we um, tolerate 
suffering in our careers. And what I think it comes to, at least in my own experience, is that we do it because it confirms our subconscious beliefs about ourselves and about the way the world works. Um, If I have a belief, either unconscious, subconscious, or conscious, that says that I'm fundamentally incompetent or that I'm fundamentally incapable of um, being empowered in my life, then my brain is going to be constantly looking for situations and experiences that confirm that to be true because it wants to experience coherence. It wants to make sense of that belief and see it mirrored in my life outside. Um, If I have an unconscious belief that I deserve to be mistreated or taken advantage of because I'm bad, my brain will be looking for situations at work to create that experience in order for it to make sense of itself. Um, And that doesn't mean that I or you have done anything wrong or that we will always suffer, that it's inevitable. And it doesn't mean in any way that you deserve the pain that has come to you. This topic, this um, phenomenon is complex. It's not as easy as um, this this outlook of spiritual bypassing would have us believe, which says that, you know, we deserve exactly where we are no matter what, and it's up to us alone to change it. It's more complex than that. Um, It doesn't, if you're in this situation, if you're in pain, if you're in suffering, if you sense, and we all have these unconscious beliefs that are operating beneath the surface and, you know, looking for confirmation outside of ourselves, um, It doesn't mean that we will be this way forever. (laughs) Here come my (coughs) coughs. What it is is a really beautiful opportunity to bring those unconscious beliefs to light so that we can transform them. We can absolutely change our beliefs and our perceptions about ourselves and about our circumstances in in order to create that inner and outer congruence that is based out of worthiness and self-compassion and joy, not in a way that's destructive to ourselves or that keeps us um, in a cycle of overwork or suffering in our careers. Um, There's an opportunity, there's an opening right now to do this work, and we can always do this work no matter what time of year it is or what the season is, but especially right now in Pisces season, in the end of winter Um, we can really dive deep here and let go of what is no longer helping us and let go of the stories that we tell ourselves about our pain so that we can set ourselves up for spring and the year ahead in a way that's not about confirming those harmful beliefs anymore. Um, You know, what's what I want to help you do is acknowledge the pain you experience without being consumed by the suffering. Um, One of the things that I think is so inspiring about nature is that it's free from the stories that cause suffering. You know, if pain is occurring, then action is taken to address it, right? So like if a mouse is hungry, it goes and looks for food. Then assuming it finds food, it's satiated and it moves on with life. Um, If a tree in your yard is attacked by a pest or a fungus, it will send distress signals to other trees in the area via its fungal network underground to get resources and to get help. But as far as I can tell, 
that tree doesn't then launch into a series of self-hating thoughts about how it can't believe this has happened to them, how foolish they were to grow in this yard, how they'll never get through this time, how no one wants to help them, right? Like, it sounds ridiculous when we put it into a different context. Um, that No, the tree just asks for help. It takes the necessary action. Its own immune system goes into overdrive, and the tree does what it takes to try and survive. Um, there's not the same texture of, um, of suffering in, in the natural world. That's not to say there's not pain. Of course, there's life and death and rebirth and all of that difficult stuff happening, but there's not the same texture I think that we experience, um, which is all of this like mental, um, baggage and infrastructure around the pain. So in order to let go of suffering in our careers, we have to identify what's painful first. Um, and I've learned so much about this concept from my mentor, Rachel Rocky, who's an amazing therapist here in Portland. Um, and she helps me in our work together and um, has helped me learn how to identify the kernel of truth at the center of the suffering. Um, and you'll know you get there because it will be simple. Um, it will feel like just a clear unbiased, objective sort of truth. It won't be complicated. Um, and in order to identify the pain point, you'll have to need, you'll have to create some space for yourself to be still, to be grounded so that your body isn't in crisis mode, which has probably been in for a long time. Because when we're suffering and we're kind of experiencing the torrent of thoughts that keep us there, our bodies are experiencing a crisis. Even if there's no physical crisis in front of us, our brains are telling our body that this world or this workplace or this boss isn't safe. Um, and it's very difficult to think clearly and, and get really grounded in that state, which again, doesn't mean you're bad or that you're doing anything wrong, but you deserve to have some space to tap in at a deeper level and get clear in your body and in your mind. So I encourage you between now and the equinox or any time, if you're listening to this later, to carve out an hour for yourself to be alone, either at home or in nature or somewhere you're comfortable, you know, do a meditation or take a walk, do whatever you need in order to get to a point where your body clicks into that kind of rest and digest stage where you're relaxed, you're feeling safe, you're feeling sort of foundationally grounded. And then once you're there, ask yourself, what is the pain I'm experiencing at this time? Or what is truly the problem causing me pain? And then wait, you can journal about it. You can just see what bubbles up and you'll know it's right when it feels really simple and true to you. It shouldn't feel like shame or fear. It will probably feel like a relief. That's how we know it's our intuition. It can be a hard truth, but there's not the same texture of like, I'm bad or I'm doomed. When we feel that way, that's our fear and shame talking. Um, and I'll try to give you some ideas or possibilities of pain statements in case that helps you kind of um, get closer to what your own pain point could be. Um, so let's say if you're someone who is like hating their job right now, I want to share some examples of what the pain point could be. And I'm putting them in I statements because that's, I think, the most effective way to work with this step. It's kind of like a mantra or a statement that identifies 
or acknowledges the feelings that you're having about where you are. So if you are hating your job right now and feeling really in the midst of suffering, feeling really unclear about what to do and feeling really in pain, um, your statement could be as simple as this job is no longer working for me or this organization is not a fit for me or I'm not okay with working this much or it could even just be I hate going to work right now. They can be that simple and that clear. They shouldn't be more than a short sentence. And if you feel relief in your body listening to any of those statements, I would hold on to that, um, write it down or modify it as you need, and, and write it in big, bold letters for what's next. Um, I'll share some more examples before I move on, though. Let's say you're feeling lost in your career or you're in a transition period that's feeling really rocky or stalled, like your job search isn't going the way you want to. Some statements or a statement that you could use could be, I'm uncomfortable in this job search or not working is hard for me or I feel lost or I'm tired of not knowing what to do. So again, what we're looking for is just a short, simple statement that acknowledges what you're feeling. Um, and when I imagine, you know, people identifying this, I imagine you just kind of putting your hand on your chest and just saying this to yourself, um, and in such a like loving, accepting way, because it's only once we actually see the pain and name it, that it can begin to move and transform, Um, a lot of people are suffering because they're not letting themselves feel what they're feeling on a sensory level. You know, if subconsciously you know that you're in the wrong line of work for you or that you're ignoring your strengths or that you're putting up with mistreatment that you don't deserve, that no one deserves, your body will be feeling the impact of that, even if consciously you're pretending like things are fine. So this is one of the most self-compassionate, self-loving things that you can do to just let yourself feel the pain that is there and name it and just let yourself have it. It reminds me of this beautiful short poem by Rumi. And he wrote, if you desire healing, let yourself fall ill, let yourself fall ill. Once you name the pain, let yourself just have it. Even if you feel like people around you think you've got it great or that you don't feel like it's objectively okay to claim that you work too much or that it's silly to just let yourself feel lost, you deserve to feel how you are feeling. And it's not permanent. Feelings change all the time throughout the day. But if you have identified a statement that is true for you and that feels like a relief, say it to yourself a thousand times a day. Let yourself have it. It doesn't mean that you'll stay there. It doesn't mean that you'll stay there even another day. Chances are, once you name the pain and just stay there, let it be simple, all the stories, all the suffering that was constructed around it is going to start to fall away. Um, Suffering kicks in when we resist what's happening, when we resist the pain that we are experiencing. 
So by simply naming it, naming the pay inequity, naming the mistreatment from your boss, naming the pain of getting laid off, whatever it is, you give yourself a chance to then do something about it. Um, that day that my car battery died, I, um, had a a while to kind of calm down and was in a space to identify the actual pain point that had triggered my suffering and to do this process for myself. And what I found that it wasn't, was that it wasn't actually the car battery itself that was the problem. It was the fact that I had created so much busyness and chaos in my life that I didn't feel like I had the time to address the battery issue. The problem was the pace of life, the traffic, the errands, the constant doing, the burnout, the feeling like nothing is ever enough, the time pressure. That was the problem. And using the tools that Rachel has taught me and that I've learned in my own journey, I was able to identify the statement that this lifestyle is no longer working for me. That was it. It didn't mean I was a bad person or that I would always be running around like a mad person in traffic, angry, resentful, feeling like I couldn't get my needs met. It just was that simple that this lifestyle is no longer working for me. And it didn't give me any answers about what to do about it immediately, but it brought its own clarity and like this wave of relief in my body because I was acknowledging what my body was experiencing. Um, It also helped me to get out of victimhood about how I was so burnt out and overworked and on and on and all these stories that I told myself about who I was, who I am in my working and personal life. Um, So it was simple and it was a starting point. And then eventually the tendrils started to come loose after about a day or so. And I was able to more clearly identify what does work for me. Um, what kind of lifestyle I do want instead and what I can do to get closer to that. But without like identifying that and naming it and letting myself have it, I wouldn't have been able to see clearly or move forward in a way that was more congruent for me. So the work here is really to identify the pain you're experiencing it, to name it in a short, simple statement that feels like a relief to you that feels true for you in your body to let yourself have that pain and then to release our, your commitment to being someone who suffers, release your commitment to that story that you tell yourself about the pain. Um, a lot of us are really bought into images of ourselves as people who are burnt out or overworked or too busy or unwell or lost or lacking purpose. And in a really fucked up way, we're kind of committed to being those people because it's what we've always known. And it confirms our unconscious beliefs about who we are and what we deserve. Um, We hold on to the suffering because it's familiar. And we have to know that about ourselves and know that about our psyches in order to move past it um, and to move forward in a different way. So as you kind of identify the pain point and release the image of yourself as someone who suffers, you may notice a lot of defensiveness or a lot of um, mental blocks that come up. The pain might amplify, might feel even worse for a little while because you're making big changes. Um, You know, one of my mentors always say that with 
with expansion comes contraction. It's just sort of inevitable that when we step into something new or that's um, uncomfortable or that's meant for us, something that's really um, in alignment for us, there's a part of us, for better or worse, that wants to stop that or make us um, retract back to where we were. And so you may notice that come up as you begin to work with this concept of suffering in your life and in your career. One of the ways to stay on track here to continue to work with this in a good way is to imagine who you would be in your work if you released your identity as someone who is suffering. You know, what if what would it be like if you never talked about being overworked or burnt out again? What if you were just someone who was experiencing pain and was addressing the problem from a place of grounding and worthiness, but that who wasn't buying into the suffering around it. You know, what if instead you bought into the belief that there's more to life than killing yourself at a job to pay the bills? Or what if you believed really deeply in your own giftedness and what you're here to offer? Um, As winter comes to a close over these next few weeks, I encourage you to dive deep into yourself and ask why you might be choosing to suffer. Um, What's the pain point that you're experiencing and what are your mind's toxic thoughts about it? You know, can you let yourself see the pain, have the pain, feel it, without diving into a story about what it means for your future, your worth, your potential? You know, can you imagine yourself as someone free from suffering? Can you imagine yourself as someone who experiences pain in a resilient way, but who doesn't um, stay there longer than is necessary. Um, what would you do or say or wear or um, experience if you were free of the suffering that you're experiencing now in your career? Um, how would you be empowered? What would be different? Stay there, stay with that image and really give it color. Um, Stay there longer than your brain wants to, you know, either hit pause or after you listen to this episode, really imagine who you would be without the suffering that you're currently experiencing in your career. And it doesn't mean that you have to do anything about it or make any changes today, but just let yourself have that image and see what you notice. You know, you get to decide what you do and don't take responsibility for in terms of where you are in your situation right now. And that's different for each of us, depending on where we are on our spiritual journeys and what we've experienced within this patriarchal white supremacist culture that we're in. But whatever you do, I hope you'll let yourself feel the pain, name it, and release your identity as someone who is only capable of suffering in their career. And I'm not saying that you'll never experience pain again or get into a cycle of suffering again. This work is lifelong and it's complex and it's deep and there's, you know, many layers to it. But by letting go of suffering in some small way over the next few weeks, you will create an opening through which the beauty and the activity of spring can really come through. An opening where you can sort of step into yourself even more than you ever have in your life and in your career. Um, And I hope that you'll give this a try as we cross this threshold into spring and, um, you know, give it a try any time of year. Um, Suffering is something that we're all pretty familiar with. And so I encourage you to um, 
just be brave and playful here and always explore this idea from a, a place of non-judgment and, and self-love. So that's what I have for you this time, friends. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Um, I know this is deep stuff and I commend you for engaging with it. Um, I'll have another episode out for you around the equinox. Enjoy these last few weeks of darkness and winter and cold and um, take such good care of yourselves. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.